What's up, Freedom Church family? We are so glad that you've decided to join us today. Here at Freedom Church, we believe that God's word is crucial to experiencing his true freedom. We pray that you will find hope and that God will speak to you wherever you are through today's message. I have a special word that God has placed in my heart uh, for week three of a series that we're calling Heart Check. And uh, I can't wait to share it with you. I know that God is going to do some amazing things, especially with uh, this one right here. And uh, if you can go with me to the book of Acts, the book of Acts, we're going to go to Acts chapter 9. And if you don't have a Bible, it is all right. If you don't have a glow-in-the-dark Bible, it's all right. We have it in the monitors. Amen. I want to read this real quick and for you guys to understand what God has placed in my heart for you. And it's going to be a good one. Amen. Acts chapter 9 says this. Out murderous threats against the Lord's disciple. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogue in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, say the way, the way, right? Whether men or women, that means he ain't discriminate, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. (laughs) He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus who you are persecuting. He replied, get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Then men traveling with Saul stood there speechless they heard the sound but did not see anyone Saul got up from the ground but when he opened his eyes he could not him by hand into Damascus for three days he was blind and did not eat or drink in Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias the Lord called him to a vision Ananias yes Lord he answered the Lord said, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying. In a vision, he has seen a great name, Ananias, come and place his hands on him and restore the sight. Lord, Ananias answered, Saul, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and the kings and the people of Israel. I will show him how much he has to suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. The Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized and after taking some food, he regained strength. Y'all ready for my title today? Amen. Distractions 
or interruption. Distractions or interruptions. You may be seated. Thank you to the worship team. Distractions or interruptions. This is going to be a good one. So as I get started, I want to read to you the definition of what distraction is. That prevents someone from giving the full attention to something else. That is what distraction is. Distraction, distraction. Say it with me, distractions. Distractions are something that we love to take a part of. We don't notice that we're being distracted, but we love being distracted. It is just a normal type of thing that we have as human. It is in our human nature to be easily distracted. I'll tell you a funny story about my wife. She is a person that I love very dearly, but when it comes to her full attention, she is very distracted very distracted. I can be telling her a story about something that had happened in my life. It could be something crazy like, oh my God, uh, I was jumping out of a building. I had a parachute on and all of a sudden there was like Power Rangers and I met Power Rangers. I mean, people and other people would be like, oh my God, you met a Power Ranger? For her, she would be easily distracted. If, if my daughter would walk inside the room, she'll, she'll stop everything from listening and pay attention to what just happened. It could be anything. I could be in a, inside of a car telling her something so passionate and she'll be like, did you see that, that car almost read a red light? Hey, pay attention to the story. Stop being distracted, 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 distracted. I started thinking, man, I, I love being distracted. I, it's something that happens. When I'm creating a sermon for, 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 for you guys and the people that are watching online, a sermon prep is a very, very hard job to do. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you this right now. It is not an easy task to get up here every single Sunday, come up with something fresh, come up with something new, and, and really ask God to ask, to say, hey, what is it that you want for your people? I am so so it comes my way. I'm talking about I could be reading the Bible and out of nowhere I can see uh, like a TV ad and, and just be just on the TV ad or, or uh, watch entertainment and be easily distracted from what I have in hand. And I love being distracted. It's, a, it's just a normal thing of being distracted. What I've realized is that God doesn't use distractions. God does not use distractions to get your attention. He does not try to distract you because distraction means that I am trying to entertain you from your job or what you currently have or what you're currently doing right now. Distraction is kind of like taking place of something that you're currently working on for something that does not have no importance at all, but for some reason, that's where all of our efforts go into is distractions. 
God doesn't use distractions because he is all that we need. So there is nothing to distract you from. But the enemy does you distractions. The enemy is an expert in using distractions to take away from what you are currently doing as you know. God uses interruptions. And I'll show you what I mean by this because I want to make sure that at the end of this sermon you understand whether if you are being distracted or you're being interrupted. In the, in the word, we see a, a man named Saul, and later on, he would actually transform into Paul. In the New Testament, we would see that Paul would be a person that would have extreme revelation. And it was because he had intimacy with God, he started up churches such as the church of Corinth, right? Or in Ephesians. He would write all these letters to these churches that he and his people will build from the ground up. And he would be the person that would actually drive the next generation of Christian people after Jesus. Paul was an stupendous man of God. If, if anything, I, I don't even reach Paul's ankles when it comes to how much he influenced people to follow Jesus. His influence wasn't an influence of just look at me, look how I shine. Paul was a man that structured the church the way church is supposed to be. He structured the women as he structured he structured the elderly. He was a man that took everyone, did not discriminate, and structured the way to do and become the church. This is the man that we're speaking about, Paul. Paul, man, Paul is an amazing person. I'm talking about you think Jesus did miracles. Paul was a miracle maker, man. He, he did miracles. There were certain things that Paul did in every of these letters that he would talk about. Paul would write a letter and inspire you inside of a prison. He would be in a prison talking to you about, hey, Love God, man. He's the best ever. Paul, you're in prison, though. I don't care about that. I care about the gospel being reached to every person that's available. Some of we don't even pray or, or preach to people just because we're feeling bad. Just because we got a headache, we, we stop. There's an opportunity. Not really good. Okay, cool. Paul was inside of prison, his life in danger, about to be taken away. And he still was writing letters talking about God is great. Everything is possible with God. Paul. Paul. The great apostle Paul. But before him becoming the great apostle Paul, he was known as Saul from Tarsus. And this Saul was completely different from Paul. Saul was still the same determining person. I want you to understand this. God will use the characters that you currently have as a Saul and he will implement it as a Paul. Thank you, Brett. Thank you. He got it. He would grab Saul's determination. Saul 
understand. Saul was goal-oriented. Saul was a learner. Saul was a teacher. Saul was, was inside of the mixtures. He was inside of leadership. Saul was a person that you couldn't stop him from doing what he had in his mind. That's who Saul was. If he had something in his mind to do, Saul will go get it done. That's how Saul operated, and God is an expert in grabbing all of what you think is evil and applying it to his own good. So Saul started grabbing this hatred towards people that followed Jesus. Anything that had anything to do with Jesus, Saul was seriously, seriously infected with hatred. If you mentioned the word Jesus to Saul, Saul was at, at his at his worst. He it was it was like mentioning the the worst thing that you can think of to a person. He wants to mention something specific to you that gets on your nerves. For, for my wife, it's her kids. If you mention her kids or you say anything about her kids, she's on you. Mama bear, right? You've made an enemy. No, don't mention her kids, right? That's who she is. For Saul, it was for people that loved Jesus. And Saul, in his mind and in his heart, determined himself, I will make sure to destroy every person that follows this man. Anything that has to do with Jesus, anything that has to do with this way, they used to call it the way because obviously the people were preaching, they were saying this is the only way, Jesus is the truth, the way. And he would say the people that were in the, the way, they believed in the way. Anything that had to do with that, Saul was completely against it. He did not want anything to do with anybody that followed Jesus, that wanted to do with Jesus, that preached Jesus. And so, and the Bible says that a couple of verses before even reaching chapter 9, that he was even in the execution of a member that loved Jesus. They threw stones at people and killed them. And Saul was in front of, he was in charge of that. Anything that has to do with Jesus has to go through me. Anything that has to do with your, your God, the one that you're mentioning, which is a false God. Remember, Saul is not a person that is an outsider. He's not a Gentile that has no idea who God or the Messiah or anything is. No, no, no. He's a well-studied Jewish man that has accolades and titles. He knows the scrolls. He's inside the synagogues. He's part of the Sanhedrin leadership, he knows. Yet he is attacking the people that are loving on Jesus. And the Bible says in chapter 9 that he is so angry. Look how chapter 9 starts. He says, while still breathing murderous threats against the Lord's disciples, this is how angry. Saul was. Saul did not want anything to do with the disciples or anything to do with Jesus. He wanted to destroy each and one of them. He didn't care if there were men. He didn't care if there were women. He would want to destroy any of them. This is who Saul was before Paul. Imagine you being inside of your house with your family. You're praying to the Lord. Now you have the freedom to do that. Can we get an amen? 
I don't care what they do in the schools. I don't care about what they do in the country. Inside of your house, you have the freedom to say, I declare, just like Joshua declared me, as for me and my house, we will serve anyone else is doing my house will serve the Lord Amen. we have the freedom to do that but imagine a place where you are praying inside of your home and out of nowhere they kick inside of your door they grab your wife they grab you they put you in chains your kids are screaming and they put you in prison for declaring that you and your house will serve the Lord We have the freedom to do it, yet we don't do it. And there is some countries that do not have the freedom to do it, and they get it done. Talk about comfortability. Talk about the comfort and the luxurious that the luxuries that we have being part of the United States of America to be able to have the freedom of speech and say, no, 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 no. This is what I believe in. This is what I declare over my house. And, and back in the days, they couldn't do that. They were chased murdered for talking about Jesus and preaching the gospel. And Saul was the front runner of them all. Talk about hatred. Talk about anger for the people that love the Lord. Imagine you understanding and hearing that Saul is coming and that you go, oh my God, Saul is coming. This is the man that murders people. This is the man that puts people in prison, whether it be wife or whether it be husband. This is who Saul was. And, and this is what I love about God. The Bible says that Saul is so determined to reach his goal in Damascus because he heard that in Damascus there was a group of people that were creating themselves and they were loving God and they were preaching the gospel. It started getting out of hand to the point where people were telling him there's people in Damascus that you need to reach and he went up to the Sahedrin leadership and letter from you that says that I'm able to persecute these people and that I'm able to put them in prison. The Sanhedrin leadership said, absolutely, Paul. Because you know that's the Pharisees. They speak like that. You guys know me. They go, yes, absolutely, Saul. Go ahead, capti captivate them. Go put them in prison. Just take care of the take care of business and Saul grabbed the letter and the authority that he thought he had remember we learned about this I think it was last week or the week before last we said that just because you have authority does not mean you have anointing just because you have authority that doesn't mean that you have the proper influence and Saul was carrying this letter. He was on his way. He had people behind him. He was leading a group of people to take care of the people in Damascus. And suddenly, suddenly. a bright light, not this light. The Bible says a bright light. Later on, we find out that the sun was at its peak and it was the highest. But guess what? A light that was brighter than the sun actually caught Saul's attention. 
I, I, I'm amused the way God does certain things. A light brighter than the sun captivates Saul and puts him in the ground. And I start to realize God is trying to work with Saul. Here's the problem. Saul ain't trying to look for Jesus, but Jesus was trying to look for Saul. Out of nowhere, a bright light hits him. He's so terrified. Ain't you the person that's breathing murderous threats? Why are you on the floor? See, we think we're big and bad. We think that, that we can do and control the way we control things. Out of nowhere, God comes into our life and he disrupts everything. And all of a sudden, we are people that are on our knees saying, God, what's going on? He's on his knees and, and God speaks to him and says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I, I want to I wanna make a stoppage right there. Why would Jesus say, why are you persecuting me? He was, he was persecuting the people that loved on Jesus. He wasn't persecuting Jesus. But Jesus wanted to let him know, when you are a part of me, I am you. you're persecuting me and Saul is so terrified he's on his knees he's like oh my god what was going on here Lord who are you I'm Jesus the one that you keep on persecuting for some reason I want you to go to Damascus and there I'm going to tell you what to do The Bible says that this murderous, breathing, anger person that was in charge, that was all that, he was just, mm, come with me, guys. I'm going to just, we're going to take care of them. The Bible says that when he got up, he couldn't see. I have a question for you. What are you focused on so deeply? Clearly. What has your attention that you are not able to see the opportunity that God is presenting in front of you? Saul was so focused on taking care of the people in Damascus that he did not understand what was going on. And God wanted to let him know, Saul, you're blind. And I feel like we are walking this life and this pattern where we actually think that we can see. And in reality, we are blind. We are not able to see clearly because we are distracted on things that don't matter. <laughs> see, corrupting Saul's life. He's interrupting Saul's distraction.
Saul is so distracted with getting people and murdering them and putting them in jail. He's so distracted with what he thinks is correct for him. And he has no idea that that distracting life is going to take him to perish. And because God loves his people, he interrupts their distraction. Listen carefully. Because what we call focus, what we call focus, sometimes God calls it distraction. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of people that think that they're focusing on their not paying attention to their children because they're focused on getting money. They're focused on trying to be the best parents that they can be. I got to make sure that I give my kid everything that, they, that I never had. I want to make sure that my kid has everything that I never had. And you are focused and you're calling it focus and God is calling it distraction. Because while you give them what you've never had, you're actually also leaving everything that they were supposed to have. Distraction. Distraction. This happens to me all the time where I, I'm on the phone and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just on the phone and I'm looking at stuff. I'm distracted and, and my, my daughter comes and says, Dad, Joy, don't interrupt me. Ooh, you guys are going to love this one. I, I tell her, don't interrupt me. We don't want the interruption. We want the distraction. And I am distracted with something that is less important than what God actually gave me. And I'm calling it an interruption. It's interrupting. But God is telling you, I want actually to interrupt you. I don't want you to be distracted anymore. Because while you are distracted, this over here dies. Distracted. Saul is distracted. He is distracted because he is wanting to kill the people that he really has to save. Actually has to pour into because he's distracted. And there's plenty of us that is actually supposed to feed the people that surround us, the people that are with us, the people that, 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 that we always have to deal with. But because we are distracted, we're actually letting them die because we are distracted with what we think is important. To Saul... Saul was doing the Lord's work. He was doing what the Lord would expect him to do. Yes, these people are speaking falsely and blasphemous. They're not doing what the, the roles are saying. They're, they're not in the, in the law. And God was saying, no, no, no. Saul, you're wrong. You're distracted. 
You're not able to see clearly what's happening in your life. And so clearly, you have to lose your sight completely. Ooh, that preach right there. In order for you to see clearly, you have to be able to be not able to see. Because what you see is what keeps you distracted. And when you are not able to see what keeps you distracted, you are no longer able to be distracted. So God blinds on purpose, Saul. You are no longer able to use your eyes the way you thought you were going to use it. I'm going to keep you in darkness because the only way that you will be able to listen is when you are not able to see clearly what you actually see. Do you know that exactly proven when you lose one of your senses, the other senses get stronger. Some of us, we need to lose the sense of talking a lot because that way your ears will work better. What we are seeing is distracting what we are supposed to listen and do. And Saul has this problem. He is distracted, but God is interrupting his life. And now notice, notice the Bible says that Saul was leading men into Damascus with anger. And all of a sudden, God tells him to still head to Damascus, but he can't lead anymore. The people that he was leading are now leading him. He was leading people and fled because he's not able to see. And sometimes we don't want to be on that situation. Guess what? A, an interruption from God looks like you're blind and that you're not able to see clearly because it all happens all at once and suddenly. And you're like, what is going on? I don't know what's going on. Can someone help me, please? This looks like a disaster. Nope. It's an interruption. And Saul is being led into Damascus. But now it is a different type of mission. Stay in that house for three days. And then I'll tell you what to do. Distractions. The Bible says that there was a man named Ananias. He was a disciple. And uh, he, he's just, just living life. He's just living life. And uh, he's loving Jesus. He's preaching the, the gospel. He's a disciple of God. And God is ready to interrupt Ananias' life. He says, Ananias, yes, Lord. <laughs> Whatever you ask me, I'm going to go ahead and do it. You sure? Yes, absolutely. Whatever you need, I got you. You sure? What I need you to do then is I need you to go to Straight Street. I need, a, I need you to go to Judas' house. Absolutely. Straight Street? Got it. Judas' house? All right, cool. What else? 
there's going to be a, a, a man there. Oh, yeah, a man. Cool. Oh, by the way, his name is Saul. Oh, wait a minute. Hold up. What you said? Yeah, his name is Saul. Saul! You got to be kidding me. Saul? You mean to tell me you want me to get killed? No. What I'm actually wanting is for you to lay hands on him so he can be my instrument because what I'm about to do with him is going to be that big and you get to be a part of that. No, 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 you, you don't understand God. Saul? Saul! You couldn't tell me to go to anybody else's house but Saul. Saul don't got nothing good for going for himself, God. Are you serious right now? He, he killing people, man. He killing people that say and declare about your name. What good does Saul have to bring to the table? It's, it is like as, as Ananias was telling God, are you sure you know what you're doing? It, it sounds like us. God, are you? Are, are you? God, I know you created the heavens and the earth and everything that's under it. And then, like, the Bible says that everything was created for you. By your beginning, and you don't have no end. You just exist. I know that. And because um, I stopped asking that question, well, who created God? Like, but, like, God had to be, like, created. Like, that, that question is not even anymore in my head. I know who you are. Like, I know, I know. Okay, okay, okay. But do, do you know what you're doing? Do, do you know what you are doing? I know you created the, the earth and heaven and everything in it in six days. And on the seventh day, you've rested and everything has been come. It's just perfect the way it operates. And people attribute it to the Big Bang Theory and all these other things. But in reality, there's just, there's just so many evidence that points up to you and who you are. That it's just, it's just I, I, don't, I don't know what to say. Yeah, but, but I, I know all of that. But do you know what you are doing? God only was perfect once and created everything just once, but he's not able to do it again. Are you sure you know what you're doing? If he got your raggedy behind out of where you was at in your depression and your mentality and what you were thinking, you think he don't have the power to do it with someone else? And Ananias was talking to God as if Ananias was born in Christianity and was saved. And are you sure Saul, God? He's not like us. He, we're great. He is in the evil side. I love how God gives you an impossible task. He gives you the details that you need to know. He didn't tell Ananias, Ananias, he ain't going to kill you because I got you protected. I have him actually tied up in a seat. He's now going to get up from that seat. And all you have to do is lay hands and just walk out. He ain't going to hurt you. 
He didn't tell that to Ananias. He told Ananias, go and I will show you what to do. Pray for him because he's praying right now. Ananias is not understanding what's happening. He said, but he got a letter from the Sanhedrin that tells him to be able to put us in jail. That's who you're telling me to go to. Look look at Jesus' response. Go. This man is my chosen instrument. And I'm going to make sure he preached to the Gentiles and all the people of Israel. And I will show him, I will show him how much he has to suffer for my cause. That I need. Meaning, is he armed? How many people does he have? Uh, does he still have that hatred in his heart? Because if he does, he's going to see me and it's going to be a problem. I'm going to have to throw hands. And if it's a lot of people, I'm probably not going to leave there with my life. So, what, what's the... Go. God gives you the instructions needed. He doesn't give you the instructions you want. Ananias. God is interrupting Ananias' life. But Ananias is distracted. You know why he's distracted? Because he's able to see who Saul is. He has no idea who Saul will become. And Ananias is so distracted on telling God, this is who Saul is, as if God needed like, you don't know what's going down here on earth, because I know you over there in your heavenly place. But let me tell you what this man is doing. Why the description? I, I already know. If I'm telling you to do it, it's because I've already resolved all everything after that's going to come. Why are you telling me a description of the man that I'm telling you to go to? Because he's distracted. He's distracted in Saul's current present form that he has seen. He's distracted. Saul is a bad man. Saul, and when you are distracted, you're not able to see clearly giving you an opportunity to do. God is interrupting Ananias' life. He's interrupting Ananias. Ananias, get up! But God, uh, this is who he is. Ananias, to see and actually focus on what I'm telling you to do. It's crazy to me how Ananias has to go make a blind man be able to see, but he's blind himself. God is asking Ananias to take away the scales from from Saul and, and make sure that he gets baptized. But Ananias is blinded and distracted as well because he's distracted in what he's actually seeing. And if we allow that to overpower, we won't be able to have the opportunity to change somebody's life. Distraction? Or is it interruption? I love the fact that we love getting distracted and we hate getting interrupted. 
He loved getting distracted, which is the enemy's useful tool to take you away from what you actually need to do, from what is actually important. And God interrupts you when you're actually heading the wrong way. He interrupts your life so you will stop doing what you are doing. But we prefer being distracted instead of actually being interrupted. And God is telling Ananias, I'm here to interrupt you. I'm not here to hear about your distractions. I'm not here to hear about what you think about Saul and all of these other things. You're looking at Saul right now, how he is. I'm telling you that Saul is going to be this. But isn't that the problem? That we go by what we see and not what God is declaring over our lives. You know that we're, Bree, you know that we're actually, we are distracted with our own flaws. Even, even our own flaws, we go, how can God actually use me? I'm horrible. I'm I'm a disaster. How can God use me? I'm a disaster. I'm distracted with what I see, not with what God is saying about my life. He's saying I'm a man called to do ministry. He's saying that I'm a man that I'm called to influence people for his goodness. He's saying that I, I'm a pastor. I'm called. I'm chosen. He's saying that I'm, I'm his son. But what I see is a disaster. I'm being distracted. And sometimes our distractions lead us to not believe what God actually said. Is it distraction or is it interruption? When you're heading towards a dinner date and all of a sudden your car stops and it stops working and then you're so angry and you go, man, what's going on? The devil is out to get me. Mm -mm, it wasn't the devil. You probably didn't change your tires. You probably didn't put gas. Or God is trying to interrupt your life for a second. And all of a sudden, here comes this man needing something from you. So lost. And you, you're still distracted because the vehicle won't turn on because you got to make it to, your, to the dinner. I got to make it to my dinner. They have a two for 15. I got to make it over there. And God is telling you, but I'm interrupting your life to change somebody else's. But you're distracted. Distracted. I, I, I'm distracted in my own flaws. I'm distracted with my own goals. I'm distracted with my focus, what I call focus. Oh no, I'm focusing. Do you know that the more you focus on your distraction, the more you lose the opportunity for an interruption? The more you lose an opportunity to be effective in what God has called you to be. You know, Jesus is an expert 
and interrupting. You know that the disciples are washing their nets. They're washing their empty nets. And they're just thinking about how empty their nets are. It's just empty. It's empty. I, I, I haven't caught in anything. I haven't caught anything. This is just who I am. I'm focused on my emptiness. I'm focused on the empty nets that I haven't caught anything. And God goes, hey, let's go fishing. You don't understand. We're, it's empty. We don't have nothing else. Let's go fishing. You want to tell the disciples you're distracted in what you haven't caught and you're not looking at the opportunity for interrupting your life that I'm going to show you what you're actually going to catch. We will be more focused on what we failed at than what God has actually called us to do. We will be more focused on people that actually left our lives instead of the ones that are still there. And I'm telling you, I, I'm, I am telling you that if this mindset and this mentality does not change, you will be on the opposite end of effectiveness. They're literally focusing on the empty nets instead of what God has for them. God wants them to catch men and be able to influence them and be able to speak and preach the gospel about the emptiness of what their life is right now. God is not interested in your empty nets. He's interested in your empty heart. Is it distraction or is it an interruption? Is it an interruption? Do you know that my wife um, she's not here to defend herself. That's when I'm able to talk to her about her. But the other day, my wife, I'm sleeping so calmly and so peacefully. Oh my God. I probably was having one of the best sleeps of my life. And, and out of nowhere, my phone sounds off. Burn, burn, burn. It's not an alarm because I know I didn't put the alarm because it's, it's actually, I think it was a Saturday. So I'm like, what's going on? And, and it was a tornado. And my wife wakes up. She goes, oh my God, we need to wake up all the girls and we need to go to the bathroom. I said, for what? <laughs> tornado warning. I said, God, I, I, you interrupted my sleep. I told my wife, you interrupted my sleep. To talk to me about tornado warning. If I'm so tired that if that tornado takes us all, it was meant to be. <laughs> she wanted to wake up the children to go and put ourselves inside of the bathroom like a mad woman and said, hey, it's a tornado warning. And at that moment, God gave me one of the biggest revelations. He said, Israel, why is it that people believe the story when I come the storms for the disciples, they use it and apply it for everything else? And what I quieted down that day was an actual storm. So 
So people have faith that I will quiet the internal storms inside of them, but they don't have faith that I will quiet an actual disaster? And immediately I started thinking, God, put peace in this heart and take care of those, that wind and that rain that I'm hearing outside. No one will be touched in this house because I believe that you're not only a person that can stop an internal storm. I believe that you can stop a real storm. And immediately I promise to you, the wind and the rain stopped. What I looked as, as a interruption, like, oh my God, why is she waking me up? Why is she acting crazy? God actually wanted to reveal something to me at that moment. We run away from the interruptions and run towards distractions. This generation is being distracted in every angle, whether it be Twitter, whether it be Facebook, whether it be Instagram, whether it be a TikTok, whether it be whether it be the news, whether it be Netflix, whether it be Hulu, whether whether it be ESPN, whether it it, it doesn't matter. We're being distracted all the time. Distra every single day distractions every single time distractions and I'm not telling you that watching TV is something of the devil I'm not I'm not we're not in that stage of saying hey that box that's the devil talking no 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 but what I do know is that sometimes God wants you to pray but you're distracted sometimes God wants you to read the word but you're distracted sometimes God wants you to be meditating in what he's doing but you're distracted and then we actually have to ask God when our week is not going well we go God what's going on God give me the strength I'm trying to you're distracted if you would have read my word you wouldn't be feeling this way if you would have prayed you would have been feeling this way if you would have been actually paying attention you would have been feeling this way but because you're constantly distracted I never get to interrupt your life for purpose How many times do we have to feel the same result every single time because of our distractions? How many times we actually fail on the assignment that God has for us because we are distracted? What you probably call important is actually a distraction and what you call interruption is what actually is important why do we constantly act like Ananias and we constantly look at what we want to look and not hear what God is actually telling us? And why are we like Saul where we're so focused on what we want to be focused on, our dreams, our goals, our desires, our everything. And that's what we're focused on. But it is a distraction for where actually God wants you to be. We actually forget to pour into people that actually God wants us to pour into because we are distracted.
tired of seeing the same results over and over and over and over. And it's all because we constantly continue to be distracted. That's all it is. Distraction is your number one enemy when it comes to doing something that you are doing for God. It's distraction. I'm distracted with what I want to be distracted with. And when God actually wants to interrupt my life, I don't want no piece of that. David was in his palace and instead of being in the war, working in purpose, focusing on what God wanted him to focus on, he was just walking the kingdom. Man, this is so cool. I'm the king of Israel. That's so cool, man. So cool. Just focus. Just I'm so focused on what God has me on. And uh, uh, he called, I don't know. I'm just playing this. He called probably his servant. Hey, come over here. You got binoculars? Yeah, let me get those. Oh, she fine, bro. She fine, fine. Who, who she is? Oh no, that's the um, that's the wife of one of your soldiers. For real? Nah, he don't deserve that. Distracted. Distraction. You see how the enemy plays games? He distracts you from what you're supposed to be actually doing. Oh, she fine. Oh, she, man, she taking a shower, isn't she? Oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to bring him over. I'm going to get him drunk. And then what is going to happen is that I'm going to just put him in the field. And he probably going to get killed. Because David slept with her and she became pregnant because sin gives birth to destruction when you're distracted and David would have been okay with it David was like I mean I did what I did here come Nathan ready to interrupt David's life hey David let me talk to you let me holler at you um, what if there was this guy that had like a lot of stuff and then there was this other guy that only had like one thing but the guy with a lot of stuff like took the one stuff that this guy had what would you do david said what who who's that who did that they deserve man let me tell you what they deserve oh be careful let me tell you what they deserve what Nathan said, oh, I'm so glad you said that, David, because that person is you. Distracted. David's distraction allowed him to be in a situation where God never wanted him to be. And to make sure that David got back on the right track, God had to interrupt David's life 
and said, wake up and smell the coffee. You think I don't know what you did, boy? Is it interruption or is it a distraction? That's what I want you to understand tonight. Are you calling a distraction good and an interruption bad? Where are you in your life when it comes to distractions and interruptions? Because it will allow you to move forward when you are real and honest with yourself. I am being distracted and I'm not getting anything that God wants me to get done. He don't deal with distractions. He interrupts your life. Ananias eventually understood. You're calling me to go to this man? All right, I'll go. That's what the Bible says, that Ananias went to Saul's house, put his hands on Saul's face. Notice that Saul doesn't know and cannot see the love of Ananias. He can only hear Ananias' love. He can't see Ananias. He don't know who Ananias is. But when God is doing something in your life, sometimes when you are blinded to everything else, you will be able to see clearly. The Bible says that when Ananias put his hands on Saul, his scales fell off and Saul was able to see again. He got up, got baptized, and the next chapter says, immediately, Saul became to preach. And the disciples were still scared of him. When he met them, they were like, oh no, that man crazy as hell. But no, it wasn't. It was a changed person. There was no more distracting Paul. Paul was so interrupted that he was able to do what God had called him to do. Today, I finish with this. What do you have to let go that is distracting from what God is actually trying to interrupt? You can stand on to your feet. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today. Thank you for this message. Thank you for interrupting our lives. It's because of you. It's because of who you are that we are allowed to see what you have for us. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to interrupt our lives and change it for the better. Let nothing distract us from your purpose. Let nothing distract us from what you are calling us to do. In your name we pray. If you would like to learn more about who we are and what we believe at Freedom Church, then make sure you visit our website at freedomchurchfamily.com. 
You will find it easy to invest in this ministry as well as be a part of our upcoming events. Thank you so much for listening and remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this one. We pray you accept this gift of freedom and share it with someone you know.